welcome ladies and gentlemen this is the fishing for men with mac show hey guys uh, welcome it's uh, good to be with you i hope you are good and well and enjoying wrestling with the questions of life i hope that you're surviving this virus um, i hope that your your belief system is growing in strength just a quick reminder what this podcast is about. Jesus said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. The last will and testament of Jesus was to make disciples of all nations. Now I started this podcast to be a resource for people who do what Jesus said, who make disciples, people who follow Jesus, people who fish for men. Because when you go fish for men, you come across various different worldviews. And a Christian needs to test his own worldview. So this, this helps you to test your worldview. But at the same time, I try to make this podcast a show for people who are looking for answers. People who are grappling with the four big questions of life. Why do I exist? Where am I going? Etc. Etc. So this show deals with atheism. It deals with agnosticism. It deals with Islam. It deals with Hinduism. All the big faiths of the world. All of the non-faiths of the world. Uh, it is important to talk about these big questions of life. Um, so I try to, <coughs> sorry, I, I try to discuss the pros and the cons of, of every other worldview out there in comparison to Christianity. Because I believe, I honestly believe that there is only one worldview that does rationally make sense, that's aligned with science, that's aligned with proper thinking, and that is Christianity. That is also situated in history, um, that has got the best evidence for um, and that really connects with our existential reality, um, and that is Christianity. Now, I want to just start off uh, tonight because I'm going to talk about the beheading of Samuel Patty, uh, which took place in France. I want to tell you the story just quickly. He was a high school teacher in Paris, in France. He was doing a class on, class on freedom of expression. Um, that is a, a few weeks ago. And in one class, he showed an image um, of the Prophet Muhammad naked. Um, a video was made in the class as he showed this to the kids, but apparently he told the kids beforehand, look, if you're a Muslim and this is going to be offensive to you, please, you can leave the class. But somebody made a view, video of that, um, and that spread like wildfire uh, among the Muslim community. Um, some of the students became livid. A close-by mosque started sending Facebook videos for Muslims to act on what Patty did. Long story short, an 18-year-old boy and a group of other men got hold of him. I assume it was after school came out. And they decapitated him on 16 October in the street in front of the school. Now today's the 26th. So in other words, it is 10 days ago that this happened. He then took a photo of the body and posted it on Twitter with a message. Later, when the police did find him in a nearby town, uh, while they were just about to shoot him, he shouted, Allahu Akbar, which means God is great. This is the fifth attack in France alone this year. In 2015, I don't know if you knew about this, but 130 people were killed by a suicide bomber. Uh, also in France, in 2016, 86 people were killed and 400 injured when a 19-ton truck plowed into a crowd of people. Now, uh, this is what I want to start off the, this podcast with, just the story of Samuel Patty, because when the story came on the news, it was just so 
shocking for me. It, it, it shook me to my core. And, you know, I've just been talking about Islam and, and, and then this, this happens. And what do we make of this? Uh, two weeks ago, I posted a short video of why I won't follow Muhammad. And I said in that video, look, I, I will not f follow Muhammad because he doesn't, you know, his life story doesn't represent the type of person that I would like to be like. Rather, I'd be like Jesus and not somebody like Muhammad who beheaded people, um, who, uh, who had 13 wives um, and things like that, for example. I'd rather follow Jesus. So I made that video, um, but you've got no idea what type of backlash I received from, from Muslims from different places in the world. The one guy just said to me, F you. Another guy asked me questions and then sent me emoji middle fingers. Another guy said I was playing with fire and I wonder what that means. Another guy asked me where I live and if I would meet with him. And I'm like, and I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't know. You know, maybe you'll meet with me with a, with a bomb or something. I was like, no, I'm not going to meet with you. I mean, especially if stuff like that, like in France happens, there's cut off the guy's head in the street. Uh, if I was living in Paris, my head would probably have been cut off already as well. Okay? And it made me wonder if I shouldn't rather keep quiet. And it, and it was like a, a thing to wrestle with. I mean, should I, should I keep quiet? And, and I concluded, look, I'm protected by Christ for now. I think I, I, think I don't have to be scared of, of any Muslim. Anyways, taking my experience and then this beheading into consideration, I wondered, are all Muslims like this? That's the big question that people are asking. Are all Muslims the type of people that want to behead other people? Do we have to fear Islam because of these things? Why do some Muslims kill and others don't? France has the largest Muslim population in Europe. And this is what is happening there, okay? Uh, and I spoke about that two weeks ago. I think 7 million people in France are Muslim. Is this something that the West should be concerned about if its borders are opened? Um, anyways, I thought about a few things that I'd like to share with you, just four things um, in this podcast that I think it's, it's important to talk about as we grapple with this, with this world religion. The first thing I'd like to say is just this, that Islam can't breed inner change. I'll explain that in a moment. You know, I went hunting in August, and um, when, you, when you shoot an animal, you try as quickly as possible to cut its throat so that the blood can drain out of the body. So you shoot the animal and then you go as quickly as possible and, and you cut its throat. And to be honest with you, it's not fun to do that to an animal. It's not fun to do that to an animal that's already dead. I do not feel comfortable with the sound and with the experience of cutting an animal's throat and seeing the blood gush out. It is, it is not fun at all. Now imagine cutting off a human being's head while he is still alive. It is the most disgusting cruel and gruesome thing that a human can do what is wrong with you how can a human being do that how much must you hate someone to do such a thing and this is for me the insanity of islam i mean there are some people that i that i might despise you know if somebody breaks into my house and rapes my wife i would be livid i would shoot him on the spot right? If, he, if somebody kills my child, I will shoot him on the spot. But even in that situation, I would still, I, I, I would kill, but I, I still wouldn't feel comfortable just cutting off someone's head. I don't know. There's just something about that that just doesn't sit so well with me. That's, it's insanity for me. The Muslim scriptures themselves reveal the problems with Muhammad's character. 
The scriptures themselves pointed out that this is what Muhammad did. And when someone goes and points it out, they get threatened with death and sometimes they get beheaded. In other words, if you say, look, Muhammad isn't as, as a great guy as you guys think, even your own scriptures say so, then they want to cut off your head. It made me also ask the question, why don't Christians respond similarly to the things that people say about Jesus? Right? I don't know. Have you ever felt like so offended by something that people said about Jesus? If you're a Christian, have you ever been so offended that you thought, I'm going to go cut off that person's head? I mean, I've heard some really bad things said about Jesus in public. People have made comics about Jesus. People make comics about the Pope. People make comics and all kinds of pictures about Christians. People mock Christians. I've, I don't see Christians going around cutting off people's heads. So what is the difference? I mean, as one guy said, and, and some people have, have really um, said this quite a few times, that the cross is a, is a, is a, is a case of cosmic child abuse. That's how they illustrate the cross. Most movies today use the word Jesus in a derogatory way. I was at a, in a part of a rugby club in 2018 and on our rugby group, uh, the one guy posted a picture of two men standing behind each other in a sexual act with long hair. And at the bottom it says, Jesus effing Christ. These are normal people in my community. That's the type of stuff that they say. You do that with two men that, and then say Muhammad effing Muhammad, right? And see what happens. And I had a discussion with one of these guys over Facebook after I made that video, and he said to me, okay, so your God is dead. Did your God die on a cross? Then your God is dead. I mean, these are highly offensive things that Muslims would find highly offensive if you said that about their God or their religion. The question is, why don't we become violent when we see or hear such things? And here is the reason why. Because we follow uh, we each follow our own master and our masters are different, totally different. Okay. Christians follow Jesus. Jesus didn't even allow Peter to cut off Malchus's ear when they wanted to arrest him. If you know the story in the Garden of Gethsemane, when Jesus prayed so fervently that his father would take this cup away from him and they came to arrest him. Peter took his sword out and he cut off one of the soldier's ears and Jesus rebuked him. No, don't do this. And he picked up his ear and he put it back and it healed on his head. Okay. That is Jesus. That is the person that Christians follow. That's why it doesn't even come into our mind to hurt people when they insult our faith because we're following our Lord and we are used to this, right? When they insulted Jesus, what did he do on the cross? He kept quiet. Why, ladies and gentlemen? Because that is who God is. That is who God is. There's going to be an ultimate judgment where every person will receive the good for the good they've done and the bad for the bad that they've done. And every person that insults the creator of the heavens and the earth will be held accountable by God. I don't have to go cut somebody's head off to do that. So we, should not, we shouldn't be surprised that Muslims are beheading people. We shouldn't be surprised because that is what their master did. That is what Muhammad did. Okay, that's the difference between Jesus and Muhammad. Muhammad would cut off people's head. Jesus wouldn't even allow somebody to cut off um, another person's ear in defense of him. You see, when you opposed Muhammad, he turned violent. And so does his followers today. The big problem at the heart of this whole discussion is this. The religion of Islam in itself cannot change you from the inside. It cannot change you from the inside. You can be a brilliant Muslim and still hate. 
You can be a brilliant Muslim and still cut off somebody's head. You can be a brilliant Muslim and still lust. And that is totally the opposite of Christianity. Christianity says, no, who you are inside, if you just look at a woman with lust, you've already committed adultery in your heart. Right? When you're just angry with your brother, you are in danger of the fires of hell. Islam doesn't cater for that. Islam is not that concerned about the insides. It's concerned about the outsides. It's about the, the, the food you eat. It's about the clothes that you wear. It's about the amount of times that you pray. It's about the amount of money that you, that you give, the alms that you give. And those things, they don't change your heart. They don't restrain your sensual desires. They're just external acts. They don't make you a better person. And Paul wrote about this 2,000 years ago. 600 years before Islam appeared on the scene, Paul already wrote these words. Listen to what he says. He says, and this is in Colossians chapter 2, verse 20. He says, since you died with Christ to the elemental spiritual forces of this world, why as though you still belong to the world do you submit to its rules? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. You see, it's external rules. These rules, which have to do with things that are all destined to perish with use, are based on merely human commands and teachings. Just want to pause there quickly. Whenever you have a religion where it's about do's and don'ts on the outside, it's based on human commands. The God of the heavens and the earth, he commands an inner change. And he provides an inner change through the cross and through the Holy Spirit that he places within us. And then he continues to say in verse 23, such regulations, these external regulations, what you're allowed to eat, what you're not allowed to eat. He says, these things indeed have an appearance of wisdom. An appearance of wisdom with their self-imposed worship, their false humility, and their harsh treatment of the body. But they lack any value in restraining sensual indulgence. So from a distance you would think, well, well it must be good if you pray five times a day. It must be good if you dress like that. It must be good if you're not eating bacon. Yes, it, it has an appearance of wisdom, but not eating bacon doesn't change your heart. And wearing certain clothes, that doesn't change your heart. These are all external things that just doesn't work. And that is why sex and aggression and violence is such a big problem in Islam. That's why it's such a big problem. Islam doesn't provide the solution for inner change. Christianity says, and I said this last week and I'll say it again. Christianity says Jesus came to die on the cross so that when you accept him, your sins are forgiven in the sight of God. And God himself can come and live inside of you and change you from the inside out. The second thing that I'd like to just point out is that Islam has two camps. And now we're going to, and for those of you who think that I'm being unfair so far in this talk, don't worry. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to elaborate on this. I mean... You, you think that, well, well, um, yeah, look at look at old Mac. He's, he's just saying that all Muslims are bad people and murderers. That's not what I'm saying. Or, it's not what I'm saying. Islam is sitting with a huge problem. It has a contradictory text to the utmost degree. There are two groups of people, broad groups of people in the Islamic world. Those who believe it is okay in some circumstances to kill people. And those who say that Islam is a religion of peace. And you might have heard this many times before. People say, no, Islam's a religion of peace. Well, that guy who cut off that teacher's head, he doesn't agree with you that Islam is a religion of peace. He thinks that he must defend his God, even if he kills people in the process. Okay, so there's a vast difference. You see the, the two camps. 
And, and this is a problem within Islam. They don't know how to resolve this. Here's why. Do you know why it's such a big problem? Because it is what their text says. Their text says this. Those who say killing for Allah is wrong and, is, and Islam is a religion of peace. Just two verses that people often point out is Surah 109 verse 6. To you be your religion and to me my religion. There are many countries. I don't know if you know this, but there are countries in this world where you are not allowed to be a Muslim. A Christian, you're not allowed to have an, another faith. The, 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 the Muslim faith is part of the government. Now, I'll do a podcast on that sometime or another. Okay, but this verse in the in, in the Quran says that everybody's allowed to have their own religion. In other words, you can say about my religion what you want. Okay, that's what this verse is saying. I'm not going to kill you, attack you. You've got the right to have your own religion. That contradicts this guy who cut off the other guy's head, right? They quote a scriptures like Surah 2, verse uh, 256. Saying that there's no compulsion in religion. Nobody can compel you to be a Muslim. Well, that's not what happened up here. I think it was in Kenya or Nigeria when they um, told people, listen, admit that Allah is God or you die. And they killed the people who didn't admit that Allah is God. There was compulsion in religion there. Right, so, so there are these verses that sort of promote the idea that Islam is a religion of peace and that all other, other religions have a say and there should be no violence and things like that. Okay, the scriptures are there and there are many more. But then there are scriptures for those who, who approve and do the killings. They use their own scriptures to justify their views. So I'm going to give you some scriptures. This is in the Quran. This is not the opinions of Muslims. This is in the Quran. And I'm going to say these things from the perspective of Islam. Fight non-Muslims until no other religion except Islam exists. Surah 2 verse 193. It's in the Quran. Fight all religions until only Islam exists. That is what ISIS is doing. ISIS is being obedient to the Quran. Although we are asked to be compassionate amongst each other, amongst Muslims, we have to be harsh with unbelievers, our Christian, Jewish, and atheist neighbors and colleagues. That's in chapter 48 verse 29. Our holy book asks us to be disobedient towards the disbelievers and their governments and strive against the unbelievers with great endeavor, chapter 25 verse 52, and be stern with them because they belong to hell, chapter 66 verse 9. The Holy Prophet, that is Muhammad, prescribes fighting for us and tells us that it is good for us even if we dislike it. Chapter 2 verse 216. It's good to fight other people even if we don't like it. Then he advises us to strike off the heads of the disbelievers and after making a wide slaughter among them, carefully tie up the remaining captives. That's in chapter 47 verse 4 of the Quran. The Prophet himself said, Slay people, cut off their heads. Our God has promised to instill terror into the hearts of the unbelievers and has ordered us to smite above their necks and smite all their fingertips off them. Chapter 8 and verse 12. If you're not a Muslim, these scriptures are talking about you and me. He promises us that in the fight for his cause, whether we slay or are slain, we return to the garden of paradise. Chapter 9 verse 111. Now it makes sense why that guy wasn't scared of dying. Why these guys who flew into the World Trade Centers weren't scared of dying. Because these scriptures tell them for the cause of Allah, you will go into paradise. And in paradise, he will wed us with huras, celestial virgins, pure beautiful ones chapter 56 verse 54 and unite us with large-eyed beautiful ones while we recline on our thrones set in lines chapter 56 verse 20 this is in the quran 
Ladies and gentlemen, these are promises that the Quran makes if you die or kill in the name of Allah. There are loads and loads of verses like these. Um, and you ask the question, why do Muslims kill, decapitate people, hate America like we saw with 9-11? Why does ISIS exist in the Middle East, etc., etc.? Well, because the scripture says they must do this. The issue is not about whether some Muslims are good or bad people. I've met amazing Muslims in my life. No, this is about the scriptures. This is the issue. It's not about the people. It's about the scriptures. Their scriptures incite violence. Their prophet was violent. And that brings up the question. Why are these scriptures so contradictory? Why do you have some verses that says Islam is a religion of peace and all people can have their own religion? And why do you have other verses that says, no, destroy all, all the other religions until only Islam exists? Why some people, uh, some verses are driven um, along the lines of peace and others uh, towards violence? Okay, you know what the problem is? It's because the teachings of the Quran doesn't come from a God. It comes from a man. Okay, it comes from a man. We see two parts in Muhammad's life, the man who wrote down these scriptures or uh, recited these scriptures. There was the first part of his life just before his, uh, up until his wife died and where he was a peaceful man. And the scriptures that was written during that period are very peaceful. Allah is peaceful. Okay. But after his, his, his wife had died and his uncle, he went on and he married various women. And then he started to get aggressive where he killed those poets, where he killed the Jews, etc., etc. So the first part of his life, he was very peaceful. The second part of his life, he was very aggressive and he didn't tolerate any opposition. Okay. Did Allah change? If Allah really did exist, did Allah change? No, the Prophet did. If he beheaded, why won't his people? Do you get what I'm saying? I mean, that's why there's this contradiction, because the whole the whole foundation of the Islamic religion is based on the, the ideas and the thoughts of a man, a fallible man who is susceptible to emotions, who is susceptible to human ideas. And that's why it's so contradictory. And now many years later, or for the last 1,400 years, people read these texts. Some people kill and others don't. Because some people, it just fits into their nature to kill. And other people, they just can't do it. But they want to be Muslims. And so they try to manipulate the text so that it can turn out to be a peaceful religion. But the guys, like the ISIS guys, they're actually just obeying the scriptures. They're just obeying the Muhammad of the second half of his life. And the other Muslims are obeying the Muhammad of the first part of his life because they're following a man. They're following a man. A third thing I just want to point out quickly is that Islam and Christianity doesn't come from the same God and that needs to sink in. And I touched on that last week. Islam and Christianity does not come from the same God. Um, Islam and Christianity... Is not the same thing. Some people believe that Islam uh, also, you know, comes from Ishmael and Abraham, and that Christianity is from uh, Abraham and Isaac, and so it's really a family, one big happy family, the same patriarchs, etc., etc. There is no evidence for this. Islam says kill for Muhammad. Christianity says die for Jesus, be killed for Jesus. It's exactly the opposite. Christianity at its core. And Islam at its core is not the same. If every Muslim obeys the Quran and every Christian obeys the Bible, there would be no Christians alive. And Islam would be the dominant world religion. And Jesus prophesied this because he said so in John chapter 16 and verse 2, that people will kill you. There will come a time when people will kill you and, they are, and then they think they are pleasing God by doing so. 
That's exactly where we stand today. I'm reminded of John chapter 8 verse 44 where Jesus says there's only one murderer and that's Satan. And he's been a murderer from the beginning. Whenever you see a human being kill another human being, you can be sure Satan is at work and not God. Definitely not the Christian God or the God of the Bible. So we can never ever say that Christianity and Islam is the same thing and we, just, we must just take hands and do stuff together. It's not the same thing. Lastly, fourthly, there's a massive difference between the Christian God and the Muslim God. The Muslim God forces himself on you. Obey me. Worship me. Obey my rules. Do things on the outside or die. The Christian God doesn't do that at all. The Christian God simply put his son in a humble way on a cross. Crucified. He puts him on a cross to display his love to us. And he says, you're welcome to come have a relationship with me if you want. The Christian God gives an invitation. Come to me. All who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. I'll give you rest for your soul, man. Come to me. That's the difference between the Islamic God and the Christian God. Let me conclude. So we can't generalize and say that all Muslims are murderers because some Muslims kill. There are some wonderful Muslim people in this world. Some of them are even better people than most Christians. Secondly, we can't say Islam is a religion of peace because most Muslims are peaceful. People might be peaceful, but their religion, their book, their founder is bent on violence. Please note, my issue is not with Muslims. My issue is with the religion. A religion that's based on falsehood, a religion that actually hurts people, a religion that has people held captive in man-made laws, a religion based on the lies. So the war is not against people. The war is against the spiritual forces. It's against the lie of Islam. Where does this leave us then with fishing? Well, we need to love Muslims. We need to speak truth to them. We should never compromise our faith and even think for a moment they worship the same God as us. The Bible is clear. Anyone who does not believe Jesus is the Son of God, that he is the Christ, follows the spirit of the Antichrist. Our enemy is the Antichrist, not the Muslim. Unfortunately, Islam does carry the idea that Jesus was just a man. He's not the Son of God. And that's a problem because the reason why it's important is because the very reason why Jesus came was to show us God. So when you deny that Jesus is the Son of God, you are denying who God is. And that's a problem. If God comes and he reveals himself to the human race and we say, no, we don't want him. We're actually saying we don't like him. We don't want him to be our God. And that's a huge, huge problem. May God bless you. Have a wonderful week. Looking forward to chat again next week. Cheers.